Hello, and welcome to the Smart Karma Podcast. I'm Michael Tegos. Every week on the podcast, we share a presentation and discussion from our webinar Wednesdays when we sit down with Smart Karma Insight providers and selected experts from around the world to break down the key topics you care about in Asia's markets. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and so on. Thank you for being with us and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to our webinar. I'm Michael Tegos from Smart Karma. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Soumya Agarwal, who will give us an overview of the key trends playing out in the Indian banking sector, as well as some of her topics at the end. So stay tuned for that. A few words about Soumya. She has 12 years of experience analyzing the banking and finance sector from both a credit and equity perspective. Soumya was previously a rating and credit risk assessment analyst at Crystal. Indian Bank's equity analyst at HSBC Securities and investment banking analyst at JP Morgan. Somia, welcome and thank you very much for being with us today. Uh, you have the floor. Uh, thank you, Michael. And uh, good evening and good afternoon to everyone who's joined in. I hope all of you are keeping safe. Uh, one year into the pandemic, uh, many of the stress points for banks are easing. Uh, additionally, India is coming out of a brutal second wave and reporting a decline in uh, daily infections. Uh, even the vaccination coverage has ramped up. And as on date, some 200 million people or 15% of the population has uh, got at least uh, one dose of the vaccination. Uh, so with this background, uh, let's uh, move on to Indian banks and why we believe they are poised for a rebound from here. Uh, now, there are some uh, very encouraging trends uh, which are playing out in the Indian banking sector, uh, which will act as a catalyst for banks. And these are around positive trends in credit and deposit growth, uh, better than expected asset quality, a downward bias on credit costs, and uh, receding COVID risk. Uh, let's look at each of these trends in a bit more detail. Uh, now, one of the key concerns in FY21 was the marked divergence in the credit and deposit growth of banks, uh, which was further aggravated by the COVID pandemic. Now, credit growth was already subdued and it continued to moderate throughout FY21 and ended at around 5% year on year, while deposit growth continued to be robust and increased to around 12% vis-a-vis uh, -vis 7% at the end of FY20. Uh, however, FY22 seems to have started on a good note and the trend uh, seems to be reversing uh, as per the latest data from RBI for the first week of uh, May. Uh, credit growth has actually inched up to 6%, uh, while deposit growth uh, now stands at around 11%, uh, uh, reflecting a slight decline and a slight uh, decline in the gap between these two metrics. Now, this is a very favorable trend, and should it continue, it will have a positive impact on the net interest margin of banks. Uh, moving on, uh, uh, the second important factor is the incremental credit to deposit ratio of banks, uh, which tells us how much of the incremental deposit being mobilized by banks are actually getting uh, deployed as credit. Uh, now, this uh, ratio can be, in fact, be a leading indicator of the potential loan trajectory and is uh, therefore extremely important. This ratio had plummeted to around 30% amid the pandemic as banks were extremely cautious in lending. However, as per the latest data, it is showing some signs of revival 
and uh, stood at around 46% in the first week of May. Uh, now, both these trends, uh, diminishing gap between credit and deposit growth and a pickup in the credit to deposit ratio, are uh, very encouraging trends. And should they sustain, it will have a favorable impact on the profitability as well as the loan growth of banks. Uh, moving on, uh, the next positive trend is around uh, asset quality. Uh, for this, we analyze the top seven banks in India, which account for almost 60% of the banking sector credit. And uh, most of these banks uh, seem to have braved the COVID well pretty well. Uh, so if you look at Axis, ICICI, and SBI, uh, gross NP levels have actually trended lower vis-a-vis -vis FY20. For HDFC Bank, it was largely steady. Uh, the only exceptions here were Bandhan Bank and Canada Bank. In case of Bandhan Bank, uh, gross NPA levels increased from around 1.5% to around 7%. Uh, but this was due to multiple risk factors specific to it. Uh, we'll be discussing it in a bit more detail uh, when we come to Bandhan Bank. Uh, but barring it, uh, the overall gross NPA uh, position has been quite favorable. Uh, now, if you go back uh, slightly longer in time, uh, we'll see that gross NPA levels have been on a sustained downtrend and are now below the four-year average. Uh, the only exceptions have been uh, Bandhan Bank as uh, reflected in the green line or Kotak Mahindra Bank, uh, even though the overall uh, quality of uh, Kotak continues to be largely benign. Uh, on an aggregate basis, uh, the gross NPA level for these seven banks have actually halved to around 4.5% from uh, around 8% in FY18. Uh, now, one of the key worries in FY21 was that uh, banks would see a huge spike in their uh, fresh lippages, uh, given that uh, they, they were just coming out of the moratorium, uh, then the asset classification freeze was located, and so on and so forth. Uh, but if you look at the slippages growth year on year, uh, much of the slippages growth has actually been contained. Uh, so for Axis and State Bank of India, slippages growth has actually turned negative while it is positive for all other banks. Uh, however, there have been no unusual spikes uh, barring Bandhan Bank, about which we'll be talking in detail. Uh, on an aggregate basis, uh, slippages as a percentage of opening gross NPAs stood at 36% at the end of FY21, vis-a-vis uh, 41% at the end of FY20. Uh, hence, uh, fresh slippages have actually uh, not spiked as uh, expected. Uh, now, there are a couple of reasons uh, why slippages did not spike. Uh, one was obviously the modest credit growth as banks turned extremely cautious and also tightened their underwriting standards. At the same time, uh, some of them also rebalanced their loan portfolios uh, to drive growth in uh, safer asset classes like uh, mortgages or uh, gold loans. Uh, in addition, uh, govern government measures like the emergency credit line guarantee scheme also helped alleviate the stress of the small borrowers to a large extent. Uh, moving on, uh, banks, uh, however, did resort to sizable write-offs during the year, and that is evident in the case of Axis, SBI, and Canra. Write-offs was largely benign for Kotak and ICICI Bank. Uh, Bandhan was an exception because of uh, multiple risk factors specific to it, but on an aggregate basis, if you look at write-offs as a percentage of opening gross NPS, it was uh, largely in line with the previous year's trends at around 20-21%. Uh, now, a combination of both these factors, uh, lower slippages and accelerated write-offs, 
uh, will put a downward bias on credit costs uh, going forward. Uh, if you look at FY21, uh, most of the banks uh, saw a sizable rise in provisions and contingencies, uh, largely because uh, they provisioned much more uh, than the 10% norm mandated by the RBI on a prudent basis. Uh, they also had uh, written off quite a bit. And uh, both these factors uh, led to an increase in the provisions and contingencies expense during the year. Uh, but with uh, much of the heavy lifting uh, being completed in FY21, and a downward bias on provisions is uh, highly likely from here. Uh, to add to it, uh, banks have built a huge COVID buffers, uh, which are over and above your specific provision cover. Uh, for the banks under our coverage, the COVID-related buffers stand anywhere between 3% of gross NPAs to around 40% of gross NPAs, uh, thereby providing ample coverage uh, against incremental asset quality stress. Uh, so if you look at the, the gray and the green column on the right-hand side, uh, you see that uh, for these seven banks on an aggregate basis, the COVID provision stood at around 10% of gross NPAs, uh, quite a sizable amount. Now, in terms of uh, credit costs, uh, we are seeing some uh, very interesting trends and we have uh, demarketed the banks into two sets. So on the left-hand side, we have SBI, Candra, ICICI, and Axis. Uh, which have been seeing a sustained downtrend in credit cost, uh, whereas on the right-hand side, we have HDFC, Kotak, and Bandhan, uh, which are seeing a slight upward bias. Uh, now, going forward, uh, this trend in credit cost would be the key differentiator amongst banks, uh, but given that uh, most banks have uh, done heavy provisioning in FY21 and, uh, and have also built sizable buffers, uh, downward bias is increasingly likely. Moving on, uh, the next positive trend is around uh, receding uncertainties. If you look at this uh, chart below, the daily trend of COVID cases has been on a decline, uh, even as uh, government is trying to ramp up uh, vaccinations. Uh, the target of government is to uh, vaccinate around 500 million people by July-August, and uh, that should further improve uh, the COVID landscape in India. Uh, one of the interrelated trends uh, to this have been the FIA inflows, uh, which have largely coincided with the peaks and troughs of COVID cases in India. Uh, so if you look for the months of January and February 2021, FIAs were uh, net buyers. Uh, these were also the months uh, when the COVID cases in India were at the minimum. And FIAs turned net sellers in April and May, undoubtedly the worst months uh, for India with regards to the COVID cases. Uh, we expect that this trend should uh, likely reverse going forward as the COVID cases decline and uh, FIA inflows uh, should turn positive. Uh, now, if you look at the last one year, uh, the broader markets have risen by around 100% year-on-year uh, -year, and uh, the, the bank X or the broader banking benchmarks have outperformed the broader markets. Uh, we believe that uh, this outperformance would likely sustain going forward on the bank uh, on the back of uh, positive trends in the banking sector and also the improved FII inflows. Uh, going forward, uh, let's look at the top picks in the Indian banking space. Our uh, top pick is Bandhan Bank. Uh, the stock is currently trading at a level of around 300 rupees 
and has corrected very significantly in a short span of time uh, because of deterioration in asset quality. Uh, now, Bandhan Bank has been affected much more than the other traditional banks because of its focus on the microfinance segment. Uh, microfinance constitutes some 65% of the total loans of Bandhan. Uh, Bandhan is also is the market leader in microfinance in states of Assam and West Bengal. And uh, both these states were in the throes of election frenzy till about a few months ago. Uh, so both these uh, factors, uh, the raging cold wave and the elections, have uh, severely disrupted uh, the cash flows of microcredit borrowers. However, with the elections having concluded and the political situation largely stable and uh, the COVID uh, risk abating, uh, we believe that uh, the asset quality trend should see a marked improvement from here on. Uh, collection efficiency should normalize towards the long-term average, which is around 98 to 99%. And uh, that will provide a positive catalyst uh, to Bandhan Bank. Uh, moving on, our uh, next topic is uh, State Bank of India. Uh, the stock is currently trading at around 4.30 and has uh, run up quite a bit in the last two, three months in expectation of uh, a strong Q4 FY21 results, uh, despite having a giant balance sheet accounting for around 22% of the banking sector loans. Uh, State Bank of India has registered a significant improvement in its asset quality. Fresh lippages are down some 40% year-on-year, and uh, fresh lippages as a percentage of opening gross NPAs uh, now stand at around 24%. Uh, even the overdue loan book for State Bank of India is now below 1% uh, on a sequential quarter basis, and uh, both these factors uh, should act as positive catalyst for State Bank of India. Uh, additionally, SBI, State, SBI's uh, fintech platform, YONO, is scaling up really well. Uh, you know, ended FY21 with a subscriber base of 37 million subscribers, and it has a huge potential to scale in-house, uh, given that SBI has a giant debit card base of 300 million subscribers, and um, also has the digital partnerships with Geo, uh, which has an additional 500 million subscribers. So all these trends uh, should act as positive catalyst for SBI, which should uh, see its valuation multiples uh, relieved from here. Our third topic is ICICI Bank. Uh, the stock has run up quite a bit and is now trading at around 650 levels uh, on the back of a stronger retail growth. Uh, now, ICICI Bank is a retail-focused bank and retail loans constitute around 70% of its total loan portfolio. Now, even amid the pandemic, ICICI Bank had been driving uh, retail growth. But despite that, the retail NPAs have held up pretty well. Uh, additionally, ICICI Bank has also built up huge COVID-related provisions, and the uh, total coverage stands at around 100%, uh, which augurs very well uh, for the asset quality of ICICI Bank. Uh, we believe that this should act as a positive rating catalyst uh, for ICICI Bank. Moving on, uh, this is the valuation slide, uh, which shows the comparative valuation of our uh, banking stocks vis-a-vis -vis their uh, returns. Uh, based on the comparative return uh, risk return metric, uh, SBI, Pandan uh, Bank, and ICICI uh, look extremely attractive. Uh, so uh, just to conclude, a combination of uh, bank-specific factors uh, coupled with the uh, some of the key trends which are playing out in the banking sector 
should uh, act as a strong catalyst and uh, help Indian banks uh, stage a rebound. So that's about it from my side. Thank you. Thank you very much, Somia. This is a great snapshot in the, into the sector. Maybe I'll kick things off. Somia, in, in terms of uh, the uh, incremental credit to deposit ratio uh, picking up, are there any specific sectors, um, uh, speaking, of course, about retail versus uh, corporate, uh, which could drive this? Uh, so in terms of uh, the credit to drivers, uh, you know, uh, this would uh, depend largely on the portfolio composition of banks. Uh, but if we were to look at the broader trends in FY21, uh, corporate growth was extremely sluggish. Uh, given that uh, the corporates had underutilized their working capital limits or uh, deferred their capex uh, plans. Uh, in fact, uh, retail growth was quite robust. Uh, so was Agri and MSME. And uh, MSME had the benefit of the CLGS scheme from the government. And going into FY22, much of these uh, trends should continue. Uh, but as the overall macroeconomic uh, backdrop improves, uh, corporate growth uh, should see a gradual uh, revival from here on. Understood. Thank you. Anatandi asks uh, if you have any thoughts on AU Bank. Uh, I assume that's AU Small Finance Bank? Yes. Uh, so AU Small Finance Bank uh, is uh, actually the largest small finance bank in India. And uh, it's similar to its uh, peers like uh, Bandhan Bank, which are focused on the microfinance segment. AU, AU has a, so a large exposure to the small businesses and self-employed uh, individuals. Uh, however, uh, AU's uh, uh, geographic concentration has largely been around the states of uh, Maharashtra and Rajasthan. And uh, despite the ongoing uh, COVID wave, uh, asset quality has held up well. Uh, while AU is uh, seeing a stress on its book, uh, but uh, the collection efficiencies uh, should, remount, uh, should rebound uh, once the COVID uh, situation eases. Uh, as is true for all the small borrowers, uh, these, uh, this segment uh, is the most vulnerable, but is also the first uh, to rebound back. And uh, that should uh, see re-rating re for AU Small Finance Bank. Thank you for that. Another question from the audience is, how much of the Indian Bank's recent performance, improvement or otherwise, can be attributed to any relaxation by the, by the RBI? Uh, so I think uh, this is a very important question, Michael. And I think uh, RBI has uh, played a very important role in terms of uh, easing the monetary con conditions for banks. At the same time, not just RBI, when a lot of fiscal measures like the ECLGS has uh, played uh, a very important role. Now, if you look at uh, the MSME sector, uh, which is around uh, 13, 12 to 13% of the gross banking sector credit, uh, this has been one of the most impacted amid the COVID. Uh, but this government's uh, emergency credit line guarantee scheme has gone a long way in alleviating the stress. And the proof of that uh, lies in the corpus which has been used. Uh, so ECLGS had a purpose of around 3 trillion rupees and around 2.5 trillion has already been used. Uh, so both these measures definitely are uh, helping borrowers to try to tide over uh, the current stress. And uh, in addition, the favorable trends which, are, which we are seeing panning out in the banking sector 
a combination of both these uh, should help uh, rein in the asset quality risks for Indian banks. Thank you for that. Another attendee asks, uh, where do you think loan growth will come from and which segment would drive it, in your opinion? I think, um, as I said, you know, much of the trends of FY21 are uh, likely to continue into FY22. And having said that, uh, uh, we will see uh, retail, agri, MSME uh, gradually picking up growth uh, as the COVID situation abates. Corporate growth has been sluggish till now, but uh, that should pick up speed as uh, lockdowns are uh, uh, lifted and uh, much of the restrictions are done away with. Most of the companies have halted the productions and uh, that should come back uh, uh, to a more normalized level and uh, see a revival in uh, corporate growth as well. Understood. Thank you. Another question from the audience is, um, it regards your view on microfinance and retail delinquency, which banks are most exposed. Uh, what would be your view on that? Uh, I think uh, that's a very good question. Uh, so I think there are two differentiators over here. Uh, while when we talk about microfinance, uh, we are seeing the stress panning out, as in the case of Bandhan Bank, uh, which is the leader in the microfinance space. So asset qualities have spiked sharply, collection efficiencies have dipped. But uh, what is giving us a lot of comfort is that uh, microfinance, uh, despite being the most vulnerable, is also one of the most uh, resilient segments. So collection trends uh, should normalize as these small businesses start uh, kind of start getting their cash flows back. Uh, so while the stress in microfinance is uh, visible, it should start to ebb from here on. But on the contrary, a very interesting trend is that uh, despite all the claims that uh, retail is uh, retail asset quality will be most will be very stressed, and we see the retail stress coming out. If you look at some of these top two three banks, SBI, ICICI who are predominant in the retail space and have sizable retail books. Uh, most of these banks have held up the retail asset quality pretty well. So what that means is that uh, till now, the retail gross NPA numbers have largely been benign. And uh, what has helped is that banks have shifted towards secured retail asset classes like mortgages and gold loans, uh, which are kind of shielding uh, the stress. So uh, I am, I am, we believe that, uh, uh, you know, because of these trends and rebalancing, uh, retail uh, asset quality should not spike uh, so much. And uh, this will be further aided by the improving uh, COVID landscape in India. I see. Thank you. Uh, another question from the audience is, uh, which banks, in your opinion, are fairly overvalued at the moment and why? Uh, see, uh, if you look at the last one year uh, uh, performance, uh, the Bankix has run up quite a bit, up around 120% year on year. Uh, now, overvaluation is, has to be looked in context of the uh, EPS accretion or the book value accretion, uh, which, which is likely to come in. Uh, so I think uh, much of the run-up which has happened in the last one year has been despite the stress on fundamentals. But now the next, the next rally which will come in, uh, that would be supported by fundamentals. 
so even though my, many of the banking stocks have run up, uh, the catalysts from here on are quite strong and that will support uh, the uh, higher multiples for these banks. Thank you. Uh, another question, uh, in fact, touches on, on something that I'm also particularly interested in. And you did uh, mention that a bit uh, during your topics. Which banks are uh, leading the charge and succeeding in digital banking? Uh, okay, so in fact, uh, the pandemic has accelerated the digital agenda across all the banks, uh, be it private sector banks or public mm -hmm. sector banks. Uh, but yes, uh, private sector banks like ICICI, Porter, they, and even Yes Bank, uh, despite all the inherent corporate stress, uh, they have had uh, very strong digital capabilities. And uh, they have uh, taken this uh, uh, situation, you know, uh, to further enhance their uh, digital abilities. Uh, having said that, uh, uh, we are very positive on uh, SBI's fintech for the sheer scale and the potential to scale up. Understood. Thank you. So the government, uh, the government of India, uh, recently extended the emergency credit line guarantee scheme uh, to uh, September of 2021. How would that impact loan and the asset quality of banks? Uh, so uh, the emergency credit line guarantee scheme uh, was first introduced in the May 2020 uh, to help uh, the MSME borrowers and the uh, self-employed individuals. Uh, since they are the most impacted by the COVID. And uh, the initial corpus under the scheme uh, has been around 3 trillion rupees. Uh, the scheme, uh, under the scheme, uh, both borrowers who were standard as on uh, 1st March 2020 could draw an additional 20% of their outstanding loans and on an absolutely collateral free basis, uh, which would be backed by the government of India. Now, ECELGS has played a very pivotal role, and this scheme has actually been extended in phases. Uh, we have had ECLGS 1, 2, 3, and 4, and uh, it has uh, gone a long way in supporting uh, the growth of uh, MSME credit, and has also kind of handheld the small and the MSME borrowers uh, through this um, cumulative space. Uh, so I think uh, overall, the impact has been uh, quite uh, favorable. Understood. Thank you. Maybe I'll take a final question from the audience, basically regarding consolidation uh, chances. So uh, the question is, are there any chances of uh, Yes Bank or any other bank basically being sold off uh, like SLB to DBS recently? Uh, see, uh, the case for consolidation is always there because we do have a couple of for very weak uh, public sector banks. Uh, but specifically for Yes, I think uh, that's not a possibility because uh, Yes Bank has uh, actually uh, just come out of the worst phase. It has uh, got the life-saving capital injection of around 10,000 crores from the SBI-led consortium mm -hmm. uh, last year and is on a very strong footing. Uh, but for the rest, uh, you never know. But definitely, uh, if, if there are some, uh, you know, potential events like this, uh, consolidation uh, could be a possibility. Understood. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much to everyone for attending today and for all your questions. Uh, please note that uh, Somia has written extensively on this sector uh, and these names on Smart Karma. So definitely do check out her insights on the platform.
Um, Selmia is also available for bespoke research requests. So please contact your Smart Karma account manager uh, if you're interested in that. And if you have any other questions, you can always email us at research at smartkarma.com. Somia, thank you very much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with your networks and follow Smart Karma on your social media. We're Smart Karma everywhere. And of course, don't forget to visit smartkarma.com for truly independent, differentiated investment research. As always, thank you very much for listening and see you at the next one.